On today's Locked On Texan podcast, O.J. Howard is now a Houston Texan. We will discuss that and Big Sarge. Brian Bearfield of the Texan Wire is joining the show. Cody, it's Friday before the weekend starts. Let's start the show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more odds, more props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. I'm John Hickman, Cody Davis, of course, the dynamic duo. Before we talk about the Houston Texans, I have to address maybe the funniest comment I've ever seen hmm. on YouTube. And Cody, I, <laughs> that is not a funny comment. I thought that comment was so funny. So as you guys know, here on the Locked On Texans Network, one thing that we try to do is encourage, you know, safe driving, safe living. And we just started to promote the, and I, and I love it, the don't drive high. Um tried to promote that and the funniest comment that we received was <laughs> i'm gonna shout him out too well john doe said i'm gonna go drive high just because you told me not to <laughs> listen man i ain't your mom and dad we just want to look out for you you don't have to rebel against us thank you for checking out the show of yes, course sir. it's just poking fun however mm. cody oj howard former first round pick for the tampa bay buccaneers at the tight end position is now a Houston Texans, a Houston Texan after the deal with the Cincinnati Bengals fell through. That was mm-hmm. reported on Wednesday. Well, Thursday rolled around. Hmm. He was in Houston, visited, passed the physical. He is now added to the very thin tight end group. That as of right now, Brevin Jordan is the starter. And, and Cody, before we talk about how this affects the Houston Texan tight end group. What should we know about O.J. Howard now being the Texan? That he could arguably be the best tight end that the Houston Texans have. Now, I know that might be saying a lot because at the end of the day, ever since the start of training camp, we have been raving about how good Pharaoh Brown has looked. We have been raving about how good Brevin Jordan has looked. But the only two issues with both Brevin Jordan and Pharaoh Brown, Brown is dealing with a soft tissue injury, which means this could possibly be the second consecutive season where he's dealing with injuries. It's getting to the point where, look, Pharaoh Brown, when given an opportunity when he's put in the right system, he can definitely be a great, significant role player for the Houston Texans. However, it always seems like injuries get in his way. And as of right now, that's the main reason why we did not see him throughout preseason. And um, Coach Lovey Smith also talked about his recovery process. And he said, look, Pharaoh Brown is coming along really, really good, but he's still dealing with the soft tissue injury. As for Bourbon Jordan, he was looking hella good at the start of training camp. However... Every single preseason game, it looked like we did not see the Brevin Jordan that took us by surprise throughout training camp practices. And, of course, 
when you take a look at where the Houston Texans stand at this position group, they really needed somebody that could be the clear-cut number one tight end for this organization for this upcoming season, and that is definitely what they got in OJ Howard. You you are looking at a guy who is 6'6", so you got another big body tight end, just like Pharaoh Brown, a guy who could be utilized as a pass catcher. This is a guy who has recorded 1,737 receiving yards throughout his career, 19 catches, 15 touchdowns, of course, during his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And look, I understand the last two years he was playing with Tom Brady, but his best season came by playing with Jameis Winston during the 2018 or 19 campaign. And that is very important because a lot of people might hear those numbers and say, of course, where he was playing with the greatest quarterback of all time the last two years. However, like I just mentioned, his best season took place when you had Jameis Winston as the starting quarterback down there in Tampa Bay. However, John, listeners and viewers, here on the Locked On Texans podcast, the number one attribute that we wanted to see the Houston Texans go out and get in terms of getting their best tight end is somebody that they can utilize as a run blocker. And that is definitely what OJ Howard is. Now, moving forward, I'm pretty sure he's going to be the starting tight end for this organization come week one of the regular season. And now the Houston Texans have three tight ends on their roster who are quote-unquote active as of right now. And of course, the Houston Texans did reunite with Jordan Akins on Wednesday. So as of right now, Houston Texans have literally three tight ends on their active roster. Of course, with the addition of Jordan Akins before moving forward, John listeners and viewers, I told you guys, over the last couple of days, keep your notifications on because I knew there was going to be a significant signing over these past couple of days. And before moving forward, John, before I give the floor over to you, I just want you guys to take a listen to what Coach Lovey Smith had to say about improving the depth at tight end before the signing of O.J. Howard. Yes, and I know I think y'all talked to Nick yesterday. As a general rule, we never stop looking to upgrade our roster. Tight end position. Uh, all positions. I can understand. We've had a few injuries. Uh, that's the one position that's kind of taken its, you know, injuries taking its toll on the position a little bit. But you know, we we still like the people that we have right now. And um, you know, I thought we're going to dress at least three guys on game day, and we'll feel good about the three that we dress. Kudos there to Lovey Smith backing the guys that made the initial 53-man roster before the O.J. Howard signing. I'm going to talk about what this means to this offense very shortly. But before I do, Cody, if I heard you correctly, you believe that O.J. Howard will start the season as tight end number one. Is that right? Yeah, I truly do believe so because, look, going back to last season, every time we talked about Bourbon Jordan, Farrell Brown, and Jordan Akins, we talked about three tight ends who were dependable as pass catchers, but they did not give you much with their blocking. However, in terms of O.J. Howard, you're looking at a guy who could be utilized as a pass catcher, but he's going to also give you something with his run blocking, with his pass protecting it pass protection and when you take a look at this team finally having a reliable rushing attack especially with Damian Pierce in that backfield it's going to be even more crucial that the Houston Texans put as many 
players out there on that line of scrimmage that can actually create gaps for Damian Pierce? So I want to say this. I think what O.J. Howard does immediately is allow Houston to run some 12-man, 12 personnel, two tight end sets. Um, where you can get Brevin out there and O.J. Howard. I don't think he starts week one. I don't think that he comes in and in 10 days he's able to figure it all out, right? But I, we have to acknowledge his ability to be effective, at least more effective than the tight ends on the roster as a run blocker, as a pass blocker. Um, and I think that he brings just a different physical aspect to this team for that position that they may have been missing. Now, what does this actually mean, ladies and gentlemen? Well, number one, it does create competition for tight end number one. <laughs> and the guy you and I have liked since day one, based off what we saw from him in college, based off some of the things that we have seen him do inconsistently, the good things that he's done inconsistently, Brevin Jordan, if this doesn't scream, wake up, <laughs> wake up everybody no more <laughs> drop in those pass then i don't know what does uh this is oj howard's third team in four years and so when you look at that that goes against him brevin uh when you look at you know the buffalo Bills signed him this offseason and was considered a good signing but now mm -hmm. he's not on their roster he's in houston that goes against oj howard brevin and so you have an opportunity to really, once again, stand out. Brevin Jordan has not done a good job of standing out. So now you're going to be against competition that could possibly do the same thing that you can do as a pass catcher, but he's better than you as a run blocker. This is a perfect time. I love it. I, I, this is what I love about football. The, the grind and the competition in between groups. And so this does give... Davis Mills, another potential weapon. This mm. does give a boost to that offensive line whenever they need a linebacker, but a tight end to maybe chip block or get in those trenches, get dirty. It gives them that element that overall helps one person, and that one person will help everybody else, <laughs> and that is Pep Hamilton. Let's transition really quick. We was going to do a whole segment over the YouTube comments today, guys, but the O.J. Howard news dropped, so we had to talk about it, but – James Cook, you know, Cody, I think we have to address this comment. James Cook said, realistically, the Texans will probably win between three to five games. I agree. Uh, with that being said, with that being a fact, excuse me, what does Davis Mills need to do to keep the starting QB job and not look for a QB in next year's draft? I think what you are looking for out of Davis Mills is just the improvement you, Davis Mills has to make it hard for Houston to consider another quarterback, right? And so now he has 17 games. What can Davis Mills show you in virtually, if he plays all 17 games, 27 games between last year and this upcoming year, what can he show you? What has he showed you? What will he show you to make this front office? And overall, Nick Casario believe that, well, we don't necessarily have to move on because – if he built off year one, shows some strong promise and real promise in year two, how about we continue to build out the rest of this roster knowing that we're safe at quarterback? Now, what does that mean? Well, realistically, and I love the fact that he put realistically all caps, realistically, 
Davis Mills has a average, below average wide receiver group. So the odds against him, we've talked about that. I'm not going to really just harp on that. But he still has to show the downfield accuracy that we have not been able to see throughout preseason. He still has to show some good ball placement and good decision-making. And I'm going to throw one thing in. When you look at these quarterbacks coming out now, they all have, for the most part, one thing working for them. When you look at the top QB prospects, they're able to be utilized rolling out the pocket, using their legs. Uh, we look at the RPO game. I think this is a perfect opportunity to for Davis Mills to remind people, I ran a 4-6, 4-5. He cannot be a statue in the pocket. And I go directly back to the 49er game, Cody, where uh, the sack for two, for two yards, loss of two, there was an opportunity there for him to break out and maybe extend the play or just go pick up some yards with your legs, and he didn't do that. This is an opportunity this year, the 17 games for Davis Mills, to utilize his legs. He has to put everything out there because nobody has bought all the tickets. Like your home can be up for sale any day now. <laughs> Make that real estate real. Make, go ahead and break ground for the Houston Texans. And for him to do that, he has to do everything. Everything that he has in him, he has to put that and leave it out on the field. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Listen, find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting and esports. Still the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening at BetOnline because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. And as promised, we got our brother, Mr. Brian Belfield. You guys know him as Big Sarge. Now he is the Texans beat reporter for USA Today, Texans Wire. Big Sarge, what's going on, man? And welcome back to Locked On Texans. Thank you, Cody Davis, for having me. Wait, I'm sorry. Thank you, Cody M. Davis. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> I don't want to come on to your podcast with all the, you know, the loud stuff. You know, it's the season's about to start, Cody. I'm trying to turn over a new lead. Sarge, as you saw on yesterday, the Houston Texans signed veteran tight end O.J. Howard to this team. Um, there's a lot of hype surrounding this signing. signing. Me and John in the first segment both talked about how we like this signing, how he could possibly take the helm as this team's number one tight end. You was with me. On yesterday, um, hearing Lovey Smith saying that how, you know, the tight end position was the primary position or one of the primary positions he actually wanted to enhance. You know, that's something he has been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Sarge, what, do you, what is your, you know, first initial thoughts about this signing? And two, and most importantly, how much do you think OJ is going to be able to help this organization? I don't like it, Cody. I don't like the O.J. Howard signing at all. And the reason why I say that is because are you signing O.J. Howard, the player in 2022, or are you signing what O.J. Howard used to be? Mm. 
it has been a minute since OJ Howard has been one like fully healthy. It has been a long time since he's been fully productive. And if you're just bringing him in here to be a blocking tight end, if you don't plan on really using him in the passing game, then I'm all for it. But if you're bringing him in to to be part of the passing game, I'm not for it. Cody, look at his first in his rookie year, he had 26 catches, 432 yards, six touchdowns. Since then, what has he done? In 2021, he has uh in 2021, 17 games. 21 receptions, 135 yards, and one touchdown. Also, are you getting a fully healthy O.J. Howard? O.J. Howard has missed a lot of time in his career. So I don't understand, you know, why they would go out. And if you were going to go out, if you thought you had a chance at uh, O.J. Howard, and and I get the, you know, you bring it back in, Jordan Akins. I got that. You bring Jordan Akins in and you put him on the practice squad. I understand that. You got O.J. Howard because of what? Are you living off the past, or have you seen something in O.J. Howard? Did you see something in the 17 games that he played for Buffalo and he did not produce that made you say, well, if we bring him in here, we can help give him uh, a new surrounding, a new place, a new environment will help him become productive? Hmm, that's a very interesting take now, Sarge. With that being said, what are what – was your overall thought about this tight end position group prior to the OJ Howard signing? Because I'm looking at this from a standpoint of it seemed like the Houston Texans always had the same exact tight end, whether it be Jordan Aikens, Farrell Brown, um, Brevin Jordan, you know, guys that can, you know, really help this organization in the passing game, but with their run blocking, with their pass protection, it wasn't really always there. What are your overall thoughts about this tight end core? Would you have rather if Nick Casario and Lovey Smith went a different direction? You mean different direction as far as not getting O.J. Howard? Yeah, not getting O.J. Howard. Yeah, I, I think that I honestly and truly believe that the Texans had everything that they needed already in Farrell Brown and um, Brevin Jordan. I like Brevin Jordan because I think that if you look at it, he is a young O.J. Howard. He's very athletic. He's very talented. He has to learn how to run block a little bit better. I don't think that run blocking is his strength. I believe that Farrell Brown is a way better run blocker than he is. But you also got to remember, Brevin Jordan hasn't, this is only his second year in the league. And so he's Mm -hmm. still, you know, he's still learning. He's still learning. And especially when you have him in an offense that has a quarterback who's still learning. Like they came in together. They're both learning together. And the third thing is you have a head coach who has come out and publicly said, we are a run first team. And so what are you going to, what are you bringing in OJ Howard to do, which is, as I said earlier, if you're bringing, in, bringing him in here to be a run blocker, another big body on the line, then I understand that or by all means go out and get more bodies that you can use in the run game. But I also feel that you can use Farrell Brown in the run game. You can use Brevin Jordan in spurts in the run game. But you also got to be able to use Brevin Jordan. Get him in the flats. He is a big body guy, big body athletic type guy. That, that can get in the flats or get into the creases, get behind the zone a little bit, and just sit, post up, put the defensive back behind him, and make himself a huge target for Davis Mills, which will help a quarterback like Davis Mills who is still learning the game, who isn't you know, where he should well, – I don't want to say where he should be because we don't know where he should be because we uh, I tend to evaluate quarterbacks after three years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know – I can't say – 
You know, I don't want to put that on Davis Mills and say that he should be here. I'm not going to say that. But when you have someone who you're giving the keys to the offense, you're giving the keys to the franchise, you have to be able to make him comfortable. I think that Brevin Jordan helps him to be more comfortable. I think Farrell Brown helps him to be more comfortable. I don't know what O.J. Howard is going to bring. Mm. Now, O.J. Howard, of course, came, what, two, three days after he was released by the Buffalo Bills during the NFL cutdown day on Tuesday. And, of course, that means the Houston Texans made a lot of changes to their training camp slash preseason roster. Sarge, when you take a look at the moves that Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, and the rest of the Houston Texans did, how would you... How do you feel about the Texans' 53-man roster as of now? I like it. I, I, I like it. I, I, I said Sarge this. actually likes something? Whoa! Oh, come on, man. Do not do that. I like a lot of things. I even like you on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. What's the date? Today, Thursday. So that means you don't like me today. Not at all. No, I don't like you at all. So, but... <laughs> what, I, what I will say is, is, is this: I like the moves that, that 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 they made. I like the fact that you had this year you had two football guys in the room making these decisions, and general manager Nick Casario and head coach Lovey Smith. Last year, I wasn't confident that it was two people, two football guys in in, in there making the hmm. decision when it comes to the roster. There was only one. <laughs> and the other one is still here, and the other one is still watching the reruns of Hey, Melissa. <laughs> but I like I like the moves that they made. Now I know that Ross Blacklock being gone. I like Ross Blacklock as like personally got getting a chance to talk to him, interview him. You know, knowing that he's a Houston guy, I like him personally. But you know, watching him throughout camp, I just knew that he wasn't going to make it. He just, he had one good training camp practice that he flashed. And then after that, mm. it was nothing. And so, you know, him, him being gone, I'm not surprised. Max Sharping is a person that I thought that would make it on this team, especially before Charlie Heck. Look, I told you, I'm starting to, I'm trying to stay calm, cool, and collected right now. What in the hell are you keeping Charlie Heck for? Am I the only one that watched him? <laughs> Like, am I the only one that has access to NFL Plus to be able to go back and rewatch games? Do do like upper management and the coaching staff don't have access to be able to watch the replays of the game? Because Charlie Heck hasn't done a thing in practice, uh, in that in that cooling uh, in that cooling facility that they have inside of the bubble, outside of the bubble, preseason games in the locker room. Coming to the parking lot, Charlie Heck hasn't done anything this year, and I don't understand how they kept him. Now, side note, quiet is kept. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Cincinnati Bengals picked up Max Sharpin, right? Um, I got to double check. But I, I I think that it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Side note, and I'm only saying this because we're because the Texans play in the AFC. The Bengals are putting together a really good team. That's another story for another time, but – Picking up Max Sharping, putting him in an offensive system that I think that he would thrive in, especially one that has already the tools to to, to be where they need to be, that's already tasted that that success, instead of being in a rebuilding franchise, that's mm. going to be really good for him. But you know, I was I was surprised that Max Sharping was let go, 
I was not surprised that Ross Blacklock was let go. I was surprised that they brought back Jordan Akins. I'm happy, happy, happy that they brought back Graylin Arnold, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was your guy. <laughs> yeah, Graylin Arnold, Graylin Arnold is my guy because what you have, uh, Cody, is a guy who was the second leading tackler on your team throughout the preseason. Uh, the only person that had more tackles than him was Blake Cashman. Hmm. And Blake Cashman had 11 solo tackles. Graylin Arnold had 11 solo tackles. When you got a defensive back that can play not only the safety position, but play the cornerback position as well, and is a good open field tackler, how do you put him on a practice squad and keep Eric Murray? Now, I get it. Hmm. Eric Murray is a big cap hit. If you cut him. Same thing you, John be talking about. That's a cap hit of $4.87 million, right? $4.8 million. Mm-hmm. That's what, what they call dead money, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, I get it. I got it. You got to ride it out with him. But by the same token, man, if Graylin Arnold doesn't get an opportunity to play another guy that was waived, and I'm glad that they brought back Tristan McCullough, safety out of Sam Houston. We've talked about him on this podcast before earlier on. Tristan McCollum, 6'3". He's a huge safety. Later on down the line, and I get it, Jonathan Owens, he's a great story. I like Jonathan Owens. Just wrote an article about him today. But they're going to have to find some way to get Tristan McCollum into the game, maybe later on in the season. But when you got a big safety like that that can play, you've got to be able to put him into the game. Jalen Camp and Johnny Johnson the third was two people two wide receivers that I was glad to see come back. Yeah, and Sarge, another milestone. I actually agree with you. Um, I was overall fairly happy of of what Nick Casario and the Texans did putting together this 53-man roster. And even when I had some concerns, like, why did you let Johnny Johnson III go? Um, even Marlon Mack, you know, they end up bringing these guys back. So, you know, overall, I am happy. Even some positions that did look thin, they were still able to add some talent. Of course, the biggest one of all, um, probably the one that probably got everybody by surprise was the addition of Tyler um, Johnson. Now, with that being said, before moving on really quick, Sarge, I think the only... I think the only problem everybody had about this whole 53-man roster on cutdown day was the fact that they kept Rex Burkhead over Marlon Mack. Of course, we all know Marlon Mack was the second-best running back throughout preseason. Really quick, what are your thoughts about that? That's what – so I think Rex Burkhead is a great guy. Mm-hmm. Rex Burkhead seems like a guy that I can go to church with. Rex Burkhead is <laughs> a guy – that if the Texans were having Bible study and they invited the media in, I would go in just to hear him preach on John 3.16. I would love to hear Rex Burkhead preach or lead Bible study or do some type of community service. I don't want to see Rex Burkhead play another down. I don't want to see Rex Burkhead carry the ball through the re- in the regular season for the Houston Texans at the running back position ever again. Now, you just so have to put him on special teams. And uh, they, you know, they cause a fumble and he picks it up and he runs it in for a touchdown. Yay! Way to go, Rex. But to keep him and to have him in that running back room as a running back and not as a running back's coach, you know what Rex Burkhead should be? The assistant to Danny Barrett. 
That's who, that's who Rex Burkhead should be. Keeping him on this roster only says one thing to me is that Nick Casario is loyal to a fault to certain people, just like mm-hmm. Jim. But that's another story for another time. Listen, if we're not your first listen of the day, we should be. But thank you for making Locked On Texan a part of your rotation. Hopefully, we are the first listen today. But make sure that you check out the Locked On NFL Fantasy Podcast. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for fantasy draft for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football today. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans. Of course, we got our brother, Mr. Big Sarge from USA Today, Texans Wire. Sarge, before moving on and talking about preseason, I do want to ask you this really quick. Going back to the Rex Burkhead conversation, did you feel some kind of way yesterday when Lovey Smith was sitting there talking about what he, how he wanted to build his backfield? He said he was looking for his lead back, and of course, everyone knows that's Damian Pierce. But he also said he wanted a reliable, like backup running back, especially somebody that you could depend on on third down. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, there's no way possible that could be Rex Burkhead, especially over Marlon Mack. Cody, I don't know. Uh, you just turned 30 this summer, correct? Yes, sir. Just turned 30. So you're not old enough to remember when Charlie Brown used to come on television. I do like Charlie Brown though. Love the 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 season specials. So Charlie Brown used to come on television, and we've never heard Charlie Brown's teacher talk phonetically. We've heard a sound. We've <laughs> never <laughs> heard. <that>. Yes, <laughs> when when Levy Smith started talking about Rex Burkhead yesterday, <laughs> this is exactly what it sounded like to me. And I was like. All right, so where's Lucy? She should be coming here pretty soon. I was like, I, I did not pay attention to that at all because I knew at that point it was coach speak, and I mm-hmm. knew that he wasn't going to give us, he wasn't going to give us what what we wanted. One and two, of course, he wasn't going to throw Rex under the bus. I mean, we all knew sitting there like, come on, there's no mm-hmm. possible way, there's no possible way that you have a guy who. In the last game, if I'm not mistaken, had 10 carries for 28 yards. 28 total rushing yards. You yes, had the ball 10 times. And look, not to knock any of those guys that were on the other side of the ball on that San Francisco 49ers defense because to even just get invited to a training camp is an honor. So I'm not going to say he was playing against future Starbucks workers or uber drivers or uber east drive i'm not going to say anything like that but a lot of those guys that he was going up against and he's a seasoned veteran super bowl winner correct mm-hmm. a lot of those guys that he was going that he was going up against either on the practice squad right now or still looking for a job or waiting on the xfl to start <laughs> and you can only get 28 yards on those guys yep. and you can only get 28 yards when rookie Guard Kenyon Green is mashing folks for you. Mm, mm, I, I, I'm good. Yeah, they can keep telling me about Rex Burkhead. Maybe he'll sign me. A, hey, you think he'll give me a signed jersey once he uh, lead the Texas like JJ gave everybody autographed footballs when he left? No, I, probably not. By the way, I didn't get one. 
Well, JJ gone now, so you know. But uh, really quick, last thing about the running back position. I've been saying this all week. This is the last time I'm going to point this out. Marlon Mack through three preseason games, 90 yards on 21 carries. Rex Burkhead in two preseason games, um, 33 yards on 12 carries. Okay, let that be the deciding factor. But moving on to the Houston Texans preseason. As you guys know, the Texans did finish out their 2022 preseason schedule three. No, I don't care what nobody say. Just happy to say Texans in a word win in the same sentence because when the regular season start, really don't know how much we're going to say that. Hopefully more so than the last two seasons. However, with all that being said, Sarge, when you take a look at the defensive side of the ball, and I'm pretty sure I already know where you're going to go with this one, but how impressed were you with the Houston Texans defense, especially knowing how concerned you was about Lovey Smith still being also the defensive coordinator? So I'm I'm going to say this, and this is not, this is Sarge being selfish, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I really, really wanted to see, in at least that second game, I wanted to see Addison. I wanted to see Hughes. I yes. Malik Collins. I wanted to see those type of guys because we only got a glimpse of what those guys can do in that third preseason game. I Listen, I didn't know, I, I didn't know that, I knew that Jerry Hughes was good. I did not know that Jerry Hughes was still that good. And it might be, might just be in spurts because he did not play a lot of snaps in the preseason. But I'm looking at his technique. I'm looking at his techniques. I'm looking at his the the, the tricks that he used as a veteran to be able to get around uh, the, the offensive line, to be able to cause pressure. Like, I really like that. And I like the fact that the Texans had the, – the Texans led the NFL in the preseason with 14 sacks. Mm-hmm. I like that type of pressure. I like the type of pressure that the defense can get with just their front seven. If you can get that type of defense with the with your front seven, then your defensive backfield, they're happy. They're very happy because now they don't have to hold a guy as long. They don't have to figure out what the what what route this guy's gonna run. They, they don't have to worry about coming downhill as much to either stop the run. Or, uh, excuse me, not stop the run, but to, to stop the quarterback from getting out of the pocket, the scramble drill. Like, that front seven was really, you know, really showed me a lot. Even the backups showed me a lot. The only thing that I did not like is when Lovey Smith said, and if I'm not mistaken, this was after the last preseason game against San Francisco 49ers. He said that his front four would be offended if he blitzed. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. His front four would be offended if he blitzed. And I'm saying to myself, Coach, you're going to have to blitz. At some point, you're going to have to blitz. I'm going to take you back to a play that my guy, Graylon Arnold, made. Do you remember that sack that Graylon Arnold made in the second preseason game against the uh, Los Angeles Rams where he came off the edge? It looked like he was going to be in man coverage. But as soon as the ball was like, he came off the ball – the defensive end slanted. The defensive the, the defensive end slanted. Um, Blake Cashman came down as he going directly towards the offensive guard, and Dare made the loop around. So by the time Grayland was coming, Dare was coming too, and that put the pressure on the quarterback. Where he the only thing he could do was go down, and Grayland Arnold got the sack. But that all came off the blitz and the, the blitz that they had called. If Lovey Smith doesn't do that this year, what's going to happen, Cody, is 
the same thing that you and I watched from the NRG press box, watching how the tight end, watching how the wide receivers were able to find the soft spot mm-hmm. in that zone and just sit. Because a lot of offensive coordinators last year realized when they were going up against Love Smith that, hey, look, we don't have to get everything in a big play. All we have to do is just continue to eat up the yard. So what we'll do? Okay, he's dropping those linebackers seven to ten yards back. Here's the, the front four right here. We're just going to eat them up across the middle. And that started last year in the preseason when they played against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You remember, they stopped Tom Brady on the first drive. The second <laughs> drive, Tom Brady said, oh, I, I know what to do to this defense. <laughs> and he ate them alive. And that was the blueprint all throughout the year. So as I digress – if he does not mix and match this defense and get some type of blitz packages in there, if he doesn't get uh, uh, put some type of wrinkle into this offense, it's going to make it hard for a rookie like Derek Stingley Jr. And I think that he's by far one of one of the he will be one of the best cornerbacks if he can stay healthy to play in the NFL. Like I, mm. I look at him like a Jalen Ramsey type. He will be that. But if you don't help him out by with that front seven and, and mixing and matching and, and, and throwing some type of you know blitz in there, you're gonna hurt him. You're gonna hurt Jalen Peacher. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of times your defensive backs aren't gonna be able to do anything because they're trying to hold everybody. Switching things over to the offensive side of the ball throughout these three these three preseason games, the offense I think. We all can agree it was disappointing. Sars, what are your thoughts about the offense? And how do you actually feel when you're hearing Pep Hamilton, Davis Mills, um, Nico Collins, and almost everybody on the offensive side of the ball say, we didn't want to show our cars too much. We didn't want to dive deep into our offensive playbook too much throughout the preseason. And, it's like starting week one of the regular season, they're making it seem like we're going to see this exotic, explosive offense when throughout the preseason there were moments where they struggled to push the ball down the fields. And, yes, I hate to say it, majority of the times when they did end up pushing the ball down the fields, it came when Davis Mills wasn't under center. What am I going to see you again? Monday at practice? Yeah, most likely. Most likely Monday <laughs> at practice, 8, 8 a.m., right? I'll mm-hmm. see you. And in between the 7.45, 8 a.m. I'm just trying to see how long I have before I have to see you face-to-face and you want to fight me over this statement I'm about to make. I know how you and John feel about Davis Mills. I know that you and John have pre-ordered your Battle Red Davis Mills jersey and y'all ask specifically to put little goats on the sleeves. I got that part. <laughs> but Cody, I was standing next to you the entire preseason. I was standing next to you. Well, I'm taking that back. I was sitting next to you the entire preseason. I was sitting next to you or standing next to you during training camp. Mm-hmm. What? So in order to be successful, in order in order to be successful, you have to practice to be better, or you have to practice whatever you want to be good at. You were standing right there. What, did you see anything that made you think that come week one against the Indianapolis Colts that all of a sudden this offense is going to go from 
here to here and for the people that are listening i did from from the bottom to the top Cody, we didn't see anything there, there were there were there were times where we saw them practice certain things um Kyle allen not <laughs> davis mills but, yeah yes yes to your point yes but I think that is where I have the biggest issue to the point where I didn't really see them practice it enough, if that makes sense. Davis Mills didn't take enough risk in practice, Cody. Not not well, look, not the game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> so look, there was a I was listening to I was listening to sports radio today and uh they called out Chris Conley, right? You know, uh, one of one of the people on sports radio called out Chris Conley and said that while the ball was not thrown properly to him, he didn't even look back for the ball when mm-hmm. he did. He ran that play down the sideline, and the ball went over his left shoulder. And when he did start to look, it was over his right shoulder. Right now, I get that you want to talk about that, but Cody, you know what that comes from? That comes from lack of communication. That comes from lack of working with Davis Mills going deep, lack of I don't know where you're going to throw the ball because you don't throw the ball to me deep in practice. We don't work on throwing the ball deep in practice. So while, as I'm running the route, I'm automatically going to default to where I think it should be as a wide receiver. And if the sideline is a defender and I have a defender behind me why, or a defender on the on, on one side of me, and the sideline is a defender. Why am I going to look towards the sideline when I'm supposed to look over the inside where the ball is, especially when I have the advantage over the defender? You lead him. I say that not to just knock Davis Mills, but there's if there's a, a lack of communication, if there's a lack of practicing that, then what do you get? I'm going to take you back to the last practice that the Texans had before they played the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know how Nico Collins ended up on the second team, but Nico Collins ended up on the second team. Do you remember that pass that Kyle, Kyle Allen dropped in his bread basket? And, Kyle, and after he did, remember Kyle Allen ran down the field? Mm-hmm. And they jumped, and they jumped together, the yeah. That, that's the exact same way that it should have happened for Chris Conley. Let me take you back again to the San Francisco 49ers game, the game where Johnny – wasn't it Johnny Johnson, the mm-hmm. third, mm-hmm. didn't make the catch, the catch that he couldn't make because it was a bad, poorly thrown ball, <laughs> back to the defender, right? Fast forward, that exact same play with Johnny Johnson, the third, Kyle Allen did what? Put it in the back of the end zone to where only he could catch it, or, or the ball will be thrown out of bounds. I get Davis Mills is still a young quarterback learning, but he did not take enough risk, or he did not show me enough in practice when the cameras were off, when nothing, when he was just supposed to be running plays. Why are you doing vanilla check down plays in practice? That's what I don't understand. Are you doing the, you, you, your vanilla check down for the media? Because you think we're going to go out and say, oh, wow. Davis Mills was putting the ball on the money. Davis Mills was taking risks, throwing the ball down the field. Like, that's a good thing. But there's no possible way that you're going to be able to just turn it on in that first game, especially against Cody. Listen, I know I'm doing a lot of talking, but (laughs) I don't know if you've taken notice of the Indianapolis Colts front four. 
Mm-hmm. Have you taken notice of the front four? Mm-hmm. Do you know that these guys are going to make it very hard, not only for the offensive line for the Texans, but Davis Mills? And you ain't going to be able to – they're going to realize that you're checking down a lot. So you're right. As I digress, I don't know what we're going to see. I don't know if he's going – if Pep Hamilton say, all right, hey, take this playbook, go ahead and put it up, file it under training count 2023. Give me the good one right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This got the wide receiver screens and the double reverses. <laughs> Sarge, really quick, um, to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans. You've been watching this team up close in person like me ever since what? What, what, what was first? Um, voluntary OTAs, and that was back in May, I want to say. So over the last several months, we've been watching this team up close in person since OTAs, mini camp, training camp, preseason. Uh, we've seen this team add players, attract players, trade players, with everything that we are we have been seeing. And this time next week, we'll be gearing up for week one of the 20, 2022 campaign. How has your, if any, how has your projection change for the houston texans entering this new season well you mean with the season starting back <laughs> <laughs> i had to do that cody i'm sorry i had to do that <laughs> hey y'all for, for, for the listeners and the viewers that's an inside joke we'll tell it to them we'll, we'll tell them mid-season what the joke was okay okay we'll see <laughs> and, be, and before i give you my projection can i just say this i know that this point has been been beaten like a drum I, I know that. I, I know it's been beaten like 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 a drum. Damian Pierce. I don't know if I need to say anymore. Damian Pierce, that's it. I, I feel like the Texans are gonna have their first thousand yard rusher in a very long time. Hey, that long. It was just Carlos Hyde back in nineteen, I think. That this is twenty twenty two. It's still not that long. It's only three years. I mean, that's what happened when you go from Carlos Hyde to David Johnson. You mean the guy that was on the front of Madden? I thought that's why. Maybe that's what uh, Bill O'Brien was looking at when he trades. Like, oh, I still got Madden 2017. Hey, <laughs> give me that guy. <laughs> Damian Pierce. And what I do like is the guy that we spoke to on uh, on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I like Troy Hairston leading the way. I like his demeanor. I like his attitude. So Damian Pierce. Now, getting back to my projection. So, I have the Texans winning six games this year. Hmm. And that's a that and look. That's an improvement from back to back, back to back four win seasons. <laughs> so I'm giving them six games, and uh, and the reason why I, I can't put it more is because I don't know what Davis Mills is going to look like this year. Now, hmm. here's the hot take. And here's what's going to get me. Uh, you know who the boxer Adrian Broner is? Mm-mm. You never have you ever seen that uh, that little uh, gif of of, of him go, of, of the guy going, man, I'm getting cooked. Yeah, yeah, I seen that well, one. <laughs> that's Adrian Broner. So look, let me go ahead and preface my statement by saying this, man, I'm about to get cooked on YouTube. But guess what? You know, if anybody don't care, Sarge don't care. If Kyle Allen was starting, I would say the Texans would win eight games. Wow. Yeah, you about to get cooked. You about to get cooked. 
<laughs> you about to get cooked. In the immortal words of the great Negro poet Bernie Mac, you don't understand. I ain't scared of you, mother. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm with that, oh my gosh. And with that being said, that's going to conclude another installment of Locked On Texans. Sorry, yes, really from quick. <laughs> Sorry, really quick. Where can our listeners follow you at on all your social media platforms? And be sure to tell them where they can find all of your work. You can find me at uh, Big Star Sports with the Z at the end on Twitter and on Instagram. You can listen to me three times a week on In the Trenches, hosted by former NFL player Indy Kalu from 10 to 12 p.m. on Sports Talk 790. And you can also find my work at Texans Wire USA Today. But with that being said, you guys already know Cody Davis. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Please be sure to check out my co-host, John Hickman. He will be better next week, guys. Check out my guy, John Hickman. You can follow him on, on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.